Wellers listen, which I guess is the only thing you can do on a podcast. But hey, I took the played out boring intro off of this episode and more than likely the rest of the episodes. I know my cave dweller community knows who I am and what our, meaning me and my cave dwellers, podcast is all about. So I'm going to just jump right into this episode and say, welcome to part two with Toby Passman. Toby is a neurophysiology researcher who graduated from the University of Oregon in 2018 with a bachelor's degree in psychology. He worked on the Emotions and Neuroplasticity Project at the Brain Development Lab while in the undergrad program, learning EEG acquisition and artifacting. If it's not a word, it is now. Toby went on to work in the clinical mental health field utilizing EEG along with QEEG, transcranial stimulation, PMF, and neurofeedback technology, the latter of which he has a board certification in. He is currently working on his Master's of Psychology at Lynn University and running Roscoe's Wetsuit Neuro Podcast, which is his applied neuroscience and psychology show. His show can be found on his YouTube channel, Roscoe's Wetsuit, along with audio versions of the podcast available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and just about anywhere else you can listen to podcasts. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I will see you on the flip side, Cave Dweller community. uh, That can basically alter and enhance the way the brain functions, you know, if if used properly. Yes, yeah. And that, you know, like I said, that's what with... With the Neanderthal mind, you know, I was listening to all those podcasts and, you know, it got me to, to, to into this podcast, but, but fortunately I've never suffered through it, but I, I just don't believe you need all of the, you know, the commercial drugs and everything, you know, you, you have a way to control your mind, you definitely have a way to do that, you know, and, and there's a lot of natural ways to do that, you know, again, with the light therapy, um, I was doing float tanks for a while, love float tanks, uh, scared the heck out of myself one day, I let you know, one of those ones I, I have to wear a CPAP at night, but the one day, one time I was in the float tank and I fell asleep in there too much, too hard. I fell asleep in the float tank and I woke up like, you know, trying to breathe and it was all dark and oh, <laughs> yeah. freaked out no, a little I, bit. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I, it, it, the float tanks are some, you can have, I, I've, I've tried it a few times. I've had some, some wild experiences. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's interesting what happens when you block all the sensory input you know, yes. that you don't realize, you know, that the brain is constantly processing, whether it be, you know, sounds like, you know, in the faint background, you know, I hear yeah. my dishwasher running. Right, right. Yeah. I believe yeah. that can't be heard over the, the podcast, <laughs> no, but, that. <laughs> but, but that's something, <laughs> that's just an example of, you know, one of the, the, the auditory inputs that it's like, I, I'm not really consciously focused on it. You know, I'm, I'm focused on our conversation, right. but at the same time, I'm aware that that noise yep. is, is occurring. And to some degree, my brain is devoting some of its resources to, to paying attention to that noise. Right. Yes. So yes. the idea kind of behind the flow tanks is what, you know, the, like, if you, if you block all visual auditory 
tactile smell any sort of stimulus to and then you just sort of let the brain go wherever it goes it's <laughs> some fascinating stuff can happen yes yes i agree i agree with that and you know again like you had mentioned meditation i mean i probably have three probably about four or five podcasts that i would listen to as well with meditation i was getting into it pretty good maybe a year ago but then life you know, life is just like, well, why don't you go this way for a little bit first? So I'm trying to bring myself back into the meditation and the mindfulness and all that stuff. You know, I want to get back into the float tanks and, you know, I do miss it. And, and I believe that helps out tremendously with just, you know, even like now with everything that's going on in the country and the world for that matter, you know, it's to, to be mindful for one, but also meditation, I think absolutely helps tremendously. So. Oh yeah. No, well said. I, I think, I mean, research is, you know, neuroscience research that's been done on meditation, you know, has, has shown there, there's a variety of different, uh, you know, real, uh, uh, you know, observable brain benefits. Uh, one being uh, that it enhances the, uh, the strength of the uh, corpus callosum, which is the sort of band of fibers that, uh, that connects the two hemispheres of the brain. So it runs kind of right down the middle of the brain. And so strengthening that basically helps the left brain and right brain talk to each other better, uh, more cross hemispheric uh, communication. Uh, another thing meditation does is it quiets uh, the amygdala, which uh, is, is one of the brain areas that's involved in that fight or flight, uh, kind of that fear-based uh, conditioning that, that so many of us are kind of trapped in. So by quieting down the amygdala, uh, then you, What's going on is it enhances uh, activity in the prefrontal cortex, which is one of the brain areas I mentioned before that's really in charge of, of you know, kind of our human, what, what's, you know, what sort of separates us as humans from other uh, primates or other animals is that prefrontal cortex, which you know, allows us to do all the, the things that make us human, like planning and, you know, thinking about big things and complicated solving math and whatever. Yep where our, all of our Neanderthal ancestors are still in there working, you know, <laughs> that's <Yes>. probably, <laughs> you know, yeah. everything that they had to do back then is kind of still encased in that uh, amygdala and, you know, it's, it's trying to get in there and straighten it all out. I see. Right. Right. They were, yeah, they, they, uh, they needed to, to sort of have this balance between, uh, you know, like being able to, to sort of, I guess, create different tools and like be very creative, right? But but also be very like vigilant and able to run away from things or fight and, you know, kill things like, like they had to kind of use a lot of, you know, uh, the subconscious, kind of, like you were talking before, you know, we're, we're having a conversation, but like you said, you can still hear your dishwasher. I hear my furnace kick on, you know, they had to do those things, you know, they had right. to listen behind them to make sure something wasn't sneaking up on them, you know, and, and yeah. that is still trapped in our brains. And we still, we right. still do that to this day, you know, exactly. I mean, it, it has its purpose somewhat now, I guess, because you just want to be aware of your surroundings, but not as bad or as much was it was as it was needed back then. So. I would say you definitely don't want to be, you know, so, so calm and, and chilled out to the point that, you know, if, if someone was trying to mug you that you would just, you know, not be able to respond. Right. Like, like, as you, as you're saying, you know, it's, it's still, 
it is still relevant to be able to, to, to have that response when we need it. But the problem is that it, it's just very seldom needed in, for most people, you know, kind sure. of in today's society. But yet it's still, it's still there. It's still, you know, hardwired into our brain. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Now, I know we're, we're at 6.30. We're at, well, half hour mark here. I don't know if you're in a rush to go anywhere. If you are, we can end it now. I mean, if not. We can keep going. Yeah, we can keep going. Okay. Uh, so now you had talked about, well, let's let's get a little further into the reptilian brain. I know we've actually discussed that quite a bit now, but uh, uh, are there some finer points about it that you might want to, you know, get into and talk about or, or uh, you know, elaborate more on? Uh, mm -hmm. I know you had automatic fear responses no longer valuable, which we, we just kind of mentioned, you know, that they needed to, to hear what the heck was around them. Not as much as, we, you know, we don't need that as much as they do, but Right. Do you have anything to elaborate on that? If not, we'll move on to a couple other things. Right. Um, let's see. As far as as far as the reptilian brain, uh, that's also you know the the limbic system is where a lot of uh, kind of emotions are, are processed, uh, and kind of a lot of the those sort of uh, subconscious drivers of our behavior. So you know a lot of those things that that are sort of lower on that pyramid of of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like the you know, basic Kind of security, uh, you know, survival, uh, you know, reproduct the need for reproduction, to eat, you know, for water. Uh, a lot of those things are, are, you know, kind of part of that that reptilian brain. So, all of those things, what are they doing? Basically, helping to keep us alive and to propagate the species. So, it's it's still you know very you know a lot of very important. Uh, drivers of, of our behavior but uh, you know as as can be seen with different you know disorders you know with whether it be eating disorders or uh, gambling or sex addiction like with, with these different disorders where it's kind of that you know rep, the way I see it, it's kind of that reptilian brain is sort of hijacking uh, the prefrontal cortex and, and the more rational logical uh you know, human brain, if you will, uh, and we're sort of being, uh, the way I see it, is is sort of uh, hijacked by by that, yeah, by more of our base like instincts. That reference. Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. Uh, so, neurophysiology research. Okay, well, we mentioned that then the transcranial stimulation. We already went through that, and uh, I talked a little. I, I well, I talked about neurofeedback. The the stimulation is is an interesting. Uh, and, and sort of lesser known about technology, but I think it's it's going to make its way into the mainstream. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, where they have you know different like like a couple. It's not the not the full cap of electrodes that like with the EEG, but but you know there might be an electrode you know here and here, right? And the idea being with with this transcranial stimulation is that you can run electrical current. Uh, you know, that, that basically can run along the scalp and in turn uh, be able to penetrate into the brain. And as, as we talked about earlier, the brain runs on uh, a combination of, diff, you know, of, electri of electricity along with chemicals. So you can basically influence the electrical activity of the brain by doing this electrical stimulation. So you can stimulate various different frequencies. So the brain has, uh, you know, a variety 
going from, from the slowest of the frequencies being like Delta, which is really important, like deep sleep, kind of a, a completely, you know, you're, you're not aware of any of your surroundings. Uh, and then like theta is a bit faster. That's a frequency that's more sort of uh, associated with like light sleep and dreaming, a lot of sort of meditative and, and sort of hypnagogic uh, 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 sort of a state. Um, and then you get into like the faster frequencies being like alpha and beta and those being more of kind of the, the frequencies we're sort of employing just on a daily basis, just doing, going about our, our waking activities, alpha being really important for, for that parasympathetic nervous system, which we talked about earlier, uh, sort of that rest and digest response. And then beta uh, being kind of the, one of the faster, kind of the fastest of the the brainwaves you generally talk about that's really important for, for a lot of complex thought, but when it's overproduced often, uh, often results in, in anxiety, uh, sort of, uh, sort of a lot of, a lot of that fear-based, uh, uh, reptilian brain conditioning, if you will. So, so basically the, the reason I, I, I should have mentioned the, these different frequencies before, um, cause that's what like neurofeedback is working on too, is, is training, uh, you know, you can train, uh, a person's brain to produce either more or less of these different frequencies and at specific parts of the brain. So for instance, with, uh, like going back to talking about like the, the simulation, you know, if you wanted to produce say more, uh, beta waves, you know, in the, the prefrontal cortex, you could put an electrode you know, on the left side of your forehead and electrode on the right side of your forehead and, you know, run, uh, run alternating current uh, in the beta frequency, uh, which would, you know, kind of stimulate the brain to, to produce more of, of that, uh, that electrical activity. So you can, you can really modify the brain in a lot of different ways, depending on, on what your goals are, what you're trying to, to achieve. So you could either kind of speed up the brain with, with a faster frequency, or you could also really, you know, work to, to sl uh, slow down and calm the brain with a slower frequency. So that kind of works off of, the other thing that I, I used to do too was listen to, I think it's called, is it Aural, Aural Beats or something like that, where Aural Frequency, I can't think of the name of it, but there's a, like an app on your phone where it'll play the frequencies, you know, the different types of frequencies, a faster one, a slower one, a mix of a, of a combination of them. I, can't, I thought it was something called Aural Beats, or maybe that's the Maybe that was binaural, I think. But that's the word. Yep. That's binaural the word. is that what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I played a, I played around with that a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I I don't know as much about that. Or I don't remember as much. I, I got into that like several years ago. I played around with that and read some of the research. But that's just it's kind interesting. Of almost the same thing, other than there's no electrodes, but I guess it's supposed to use those types of frequencies to get in there and work on your, you know, the different areas of your brain to stimulate. Uh, you know, different aspects of the brain, I guess. So, yep. Yeah, I, I used to like listening to those things too. And again, you know, unfortunately, I, I got away from those and that's something I definitely want to get back into. But uh, yeah, it's 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 amazing about the research. And, and I, I guess that research has been a while, around for a while. It's just hasn't, there hasn't been a lot of focus on it. You know? Just like and, the Neanderthals, you know, Neanderthals <laughs> have obviously been around for, you know, hundreds of thousands of years, but not recently, it seems to be a lot more focus on it, but uh, yeah. And an interesting, an interesting sort of like, I guess, Neanderthal or evolutionary 
uh, uh, way of, of thinking about like what you're talking about with the binaural beats, you know, that is sort of a, a you know, more advanced developed version of what I, what I had read, you know, originally they, you know, used, you know, tribes or, or different, you know, cultures would use like drum circles, right? They would have like rituals where, or, or humming or, or chanting, you know, basically uh, people found, figured this out early on that that could actually sort of put people in these altered states. So before we even knew, you know, what was going on, before there even was neuroscience, you know, people were, were smart enough to figure this out, yeah, uh, that, yeah. you could, that you could, you know, figure out how to get into these altered states using sound. Right. So it's, it's yeah, fascinating, it's yeah. It is, it is very fascinating, absolutely. But you had mentioned, so you, 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 you uh, said uh, EEG is electroencephalology, what was the G? Electroencephalography. It's a mouthful. And that's yes. what the G is. Yes. Okay. It's a mouthful. So yeah. then what is, let's, let's do another mouthful. What is Q Yes. So, so that's quant stands for quantitative EEG. I was thinking, okay. I was thinking of yep. that something yep. with that word. Good guess. Um, okay. Yeah. So it's basically uh, using sort of some, uh, it's basically a mathematical transformation of the the EEG, which is sort of the raw data, which you you may have seen, or the listeners may have seen, uh, you know, an EEG kind of looks like a bunch of squiggles, right? And it shows, you know, from from all it, there's there's a bunch of different lines with all these squiggles, and that that shows yeah. the electrical brain waves, the rhythms that are are being generated at all of these different uh, areas of the brain. So what a QEEG does is basically it it, uh, it transforms that data into images, uh, so you can actually see, uh, for instance, um, uh, you can you can basically uh, it shows you kind of a brain map. That's what we call it is brain mapping. So it'll show like an image of the brain, and then uh, show the different like frequencies that I had talked about before, like the delta, theta, alpha, beta, and you can see is the brain producing, uh, it's basically, so there, there's a normative database. Uh, so, so you can basically see, is this person's brain producing a standard kind of average amount of these different uh, frequencies or are they overproducing frequencies, which it would show up as like warmer colors. So like, you know, and it would, it basically goes in intensity. So if it's like yellow uh, or orange, you know, that's kind of mild to moderate hyperactivity, too much activity, uh, red being like a lot of overactivity. Uh, and then kind of on the flip side of things, you get uh, hypoactivity, underactivity, uh, which would show up like in the lighter colors. So basically you can, you can have a visual uh, representation of all of those squiggly lines that may not mean a ton, you know, to say people that are, you know, not, not in the field, uh, even, People in the field, it's it gets complicated. So, sure. yeah, the QEG is kind of a great way, a great uh, tool to be able to to uh, show people what what is going on in their brain uh, with all of these different electrical frequencies. Nice. Yeah, it's it is it's psychology is amazing. You know, just anything about psychology about the brain is just you know amazing how 
uh, you know, all the discoveries that are coming about, all the, the discoveries previously, and then, you know, especially getting into the, the, the biohacking of, you know, your psychology and your neurology yes. and everything. It's, it's, it's awesome stuff to, to talk Agreed. about and get into. Uh, the, the last, well, see, we may even talk about that. Um, how, to mo- how to modify evolutionary-based fear. Yeah. Something about that in there. I can't remember if we touched yeah. on that or not. Yeah, I would say we kind of uh, touched on that at, at various points, but I would I would say definitely, definitely, you know, a tools like you had mentioned meditation before yeah. is a great way of, of just kind of quieting down the nervous system and uh, uh, kind of training the brain. Uh, the way I view it is, uh, and I've heard this isn't this isn't my uh, idea, but I really liked the way one research one researcher put this. Uh, basically using the analogy of, of sort of real estate, like neural real estate. So basically, because of neuroplasticity, which is the brain's ability to, to change and rewire itself with new experience, basically, the brain is, is plastic, it's constantly evolving and, and learning and uh, uh, adapting. So basically, with, uh, uh, with this kind of idea of neural real estate, so you could sort of teach the brain to produce uh, or to, to get in a more relaxed meditative state. Um, so it sort of devotes more of this neural real estate uh, to, to that function. Whereas if you're constantly stressed out, uh, you're kind of, your brain is devoting more of that real estate to, you know, making you anxious and fearful. So basically, you know, hacking the, the nervous system the, the evolutionary uh, kind of biology, I would say is, is really a matter of figuring out ways to, to quiet down that fear response and, and practicing it over and over and over um, because the brain will turn over more and more neural real estate to whatever it is that you do. So if, you know, if, if say you were to, you know, start, I mean, we'll take the example of podcasting because that's something we both do. You know, it's like the more that, the, you know, you put out, is it, thir- was it 13 episodes? Yep. Mm-hmm. So once yeah. you get, you know, once you get to like a hundred, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, say from your first episode, your brain was, you know, you know, produce, you know, a little bit of, of this kind of real estate was, was <laughs> going towards, you know, producing your podcast at the 13th episode. Now, now, you know, you're getting more and more, but then you hit like, you know, a hundred, it, it's like any 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 sort of skill uh, that that you practice over and over, your brain gets better and better at, at doing it. So you you in terms of uh, training your brain, you may as well you may as well uh, do more of, of teaching your brain how to get into a, a restful and relaxed state uh, rather than that sort of hyperactive, uh, anxious, fear-based response that. Yeah. that as we've talked about, used to be really helpful to, to be able to survive really, really, if we were, if we were like meditating, you know, in, in the jungle or whatever, when there's dangerous animal, like we'd, we'd be dead. So, <laughs> yeah, right? so it's like, yeah, it's useful. It's useful now, but yeah. But no, I, 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 I like the the reference to you know with the drum beats and the chanting and everything that that had to come from somewhere right you know I mean yeah the the uh, uh, Native Americans did it you know 
well, they had to learn it from somewhere. You know, you go any further back than that, then you're into the Neanderthal era, you know, <laughs> or the Cro-Magnum era, whatever it might be. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, they, they may have done that at some point. So yeah, had to and all of these. Yeah. And just to kind of draw a connection, I mean, between, between all those different things, there's, there's very kind of primitive kind of ways of, of hacking the mind. It's like just with, you know, any technology, you know, it, it, say like you look at the old TVs that were the, the, you know, those big boxes, right? Big, ugly looking boxes with the antennas and then it adapted <laughs> into, you know, the, the sleek, you know, flat screen uh, TVs that we see today. Or even so your cell of, phone today. I mean, you can watch even TV your cell, on your phone. cell phone. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> so it's like the, the same thing is happening with neurotechnology. So, in, you know, if, if you were wanting to, to alter your getting get into an altered state back you know however many years ago with you know evolutionary in evolutionary times whatever you know you might go to a drum circle or you know take some peyote or whatever (laughs) (laughs) right so it's like ayahuasca (laughs) which is still people go to the jungle to do today i know people like yeah i Um, I wouldn't mind doing that i would be okay with doing that trying it you know i I really yeah you know, and then it's an interesting how, how they're talking more and more about psychedelics using, you know, psychotropics. Like I think you mentioned psychotropics, but psychedelics, whatever, to, to really get into your mind. I I wouldn't be yeah. against doing that. I would like to do that. <laughs> I had one of my favorite episodes I recorded was with a John Hopkins researcher and psychiatrist who actually uses psychedelics and studies psychedelics in terms of, of utilizing it for mental health care. So working with like psilocybin is, is mostly what he uh, uses like mushrooms. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, these things, you know, some of these things have been around for a long time. I mean, the, uh, the mushrooms are actually an interesting one that the uh, psilocybin, the psychedelic uh, magic mushrooms. I don't know if you've come across any of the, the work with like the, the stoned ape theory have you ever heard of that i would check that out because it's it's like this it's not like a validated you know science or whatever but it's it's basically talking about i forgot who who proposed this theory i think someone wrote a book about it but it's been talked about a lot that someone actually theorized that the the usage of these uh psychedelic mushrooms uh actually uh sort of advanced our uh, sort of changed our brains the the uh, sort of structure of our and function of our brains on a on a sort of societal uh, cultural level and that so it, I, I don't know a ton about it but i it just came to mind like a really interesting yeah i'll definitely up. Absolutely, theory yeah. or hypothesis yeah okay <laughs> yeah you know again like we were talking you know with the uh you know the hymns and the you know the the noises and everything i mean that, that somebody had to pass that down the line that hey these mushrooms do some pretty good things for you you know right <laughs> so that had to start somewhere <laughs> exactly right yeah i mean they I, just even i guess as a whole mother nature is just a, a fascinating being you know just everything that is provided for you out there it's it's pretty awesome you know how how the yeah. earth takes care of you if you really pay attention to it listen to it and use what it gives you you know definitely yeah Think we've gotten further and further away from from doing yes. that right with oh, yeah. the more kind of industrial big, pharma, big pharmaceutical pharma. companies are taking you you know they took us away from it and you know that's yeah what are you going even to do? like 
just like the mineral depletion, you know, of the soil. It's like just reading yeah. about how the, you know, fruits and, and vegetables, you know, eating some spinach, you know, a hundred years ago had like way more, you know, mineral content, you know, magnesium and potassium and all the, all these different really important minerals that are really important for brain function too. Yes. Um, yes. But, but it's like, yeah, the, the soil depletion caused from all the, you know, different chemical additives or whatever that they put into the soil. It's like the nutritional content of, of food, even when you're eating healthy is not nearly what it used to be. Yeah. Well, you know, again, mankind's been around for hundreds of thousands of years and they didn't have, you know, aspirin and ibuprofen and, you know, naproxen sodium. They didn't have those things, you know, <laughs> they used yeah. leaves and tree bark and, you know, <laughs> the things out of the soil. I mean, they used mother nature to survive hundreds of thousands, if not millions of years. So, yeah, yeah I mean, definitely it's, it's something that needs to be talked about to get back in touch with nature. And, you know, again, right. that's one of them things where it seems to be getting a little more, uh, you know, a little, a little more mainstream, I guess, in a sense, you know, where you're getting back to mother nature. So I hear you. Well, I guess the final thing Toby, and again, man, I, I, I absolutely appreciate you, you, uh, being willing to join me. Uh, just the final thing is there, was there anything that we didn't discuss that you, you know, would like to bring up or like to touch on anything, whatever you, you know, if you have anything, I don't know if you have any books coming up or, you know, talking about books and we talked about your podcast. So. Yeah, definitely not in the near future, but I, I hope to probably uh, write some books eventually. Um, I would say, yeah, I mean, I, I am really uh, excited uh, my podcast is about to hit a hundred episodes. I was going to mention um, that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh, uh, put together kind of a, a hundredth episode special um, where okay. my good buddy is actually like interviewing me about the origins of the podcast. So it's kind of flipping, flipping the, the script a little yes, bit. Right. Yes, right. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm super excited going forward with that. I, I hope to eventually um, I'm, I'm going to be moving back to Florida uh, to Miami and I'm hoping to actually have uh, get a studio set up there yeah. uh, hopefully somewhere like you know on the water warmer weather to, yeah warmer weather, <laughs> but, but have like an actual like podcast studio where I have hopefully you know people uh, some people who are like local to that area yeah. or maybe they're maybe they're visiting you know actually be able to record like in-person interviews that's something that I'm really uh, wanting to do in the future and, sure. and really excited about Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if we can ever get back to being person to person, you know, <laughs> eventually we'll be able to, eventually. I guess. <laughs> At some point. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But uh, Anthony, yeah. I, I, ahead, it's man. been awesome to have, uh, to be on your show. I'm awesome, honored. Man. I, I appreciate yeah. it greatly. Just tremendously. I appreciate it. And uh, I, usually what I'll do too, is I'll send you an email and, you know, I just ask, well, for one thing, I'll, you know, I'll try and get all your social media links, you know, that you might have. I think it might have been in the uh, uh, the Zoom or, or the Acuity, my scheduling program. I think you put it in there, but I'll send you an email. And then also, I usually just ask, you know, hey, is there anybody you know would have an interest, uh, you know, on getting on to the Neanderthal mine? And if it's okay, if I contact them and, you know, reference you. So but, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I will. Uh, there's definitely some people i'm trying to i'll uh and this is this is the response i always get too which is that i'll i'll think about it and then end up i'll email you 
when the, I'm sure there'll be a couple of people that come to mind. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and like I said, Ooh. I don't need them right now. I mean, I, you know, I'll, I'll send you, I'll shoot you out an email probably whenever I air this, which is it's going to be next. I usually try and get my episodes out Wednesday. So Wednesday, Thursday of next week. I've unfortunately missed the last couple of weeks because I, I don't know if everyone's just been busy. I just haven't had anybody to interview. I tried one solo episode and I just couldn't stand it. <laughs> I, I aired it, but I, I couldn't stand it. So now I'm scared to do a solo one. But, uh, you know, now I've got uh, probably another three or four um, interviews set up. So, but I try and get them out on Wednesdays, if not Thursdays. So next week. So right on, man. Thank you, Toby. I, again, I, I appreciate it so much, man. And I, I look forward to, to listening to your podcast again. I just, likewise. Yeah, likewise. Well, like I said, I just, I just seen it this morning about you coming on and I didn't have time to read anything or, or listen to any of your podcasts or anything. So, but uh, I, I look forward to, uh, uh, listen to them because I think it's, you know, it, it'll help me, you know, because it, it does kind of have a generalization or a basis of what the Neanderthal mind is about. So, no, and I, I think it's a, I mean, when I saw, when I saw, you know, on podcast guests, the, the idea yeah. behind, you know, Neanderthal mind, I thought that was like a super, super <laughs> cool, original, uh, unique uh, podcast. Yeah. So yeah. I, I'm really, I'm really, look, you know, going to be looking forward to seeing what you're going to end up doing with it and you know wish you all the success well, and thank you yeah i definitely want to give, up... give props out to podcast guests because that's obviously that's who connected us and uh, yes. uh the next again like i said three or four um interviews that came from podcast guests as well so yeah yeah i use them for I, oftentimes a very good amount very high percentage of my interviews do come from them yeah I'm looking forward to that to that uh, 100th episode. Uh, what, a couple weeks away, maybe, huh? Probably about, yeah. Yeah, I think I just put out 95, so. Oh, okay. Now, do you do yours once a week or just every couple days? Two, I, I, I aim for twice a week. Sometimes I end up doing kind of a, a flurry of, you know, you know, like I'll record, you know, five or ten in a week or something, yeah, you know, yeah. and then I might go few weeks without recording an episode right. but, I, but i try to i try to regularly do two episodes a week very good well again i look forward to listening to it and you know again anytime you have anything that comes up that you want to you know you want to push out there to anybody man give me a, you know email me whatever it might be and i'll be more than happy to get you back on so certainly will well, anthony again yeah thank you so much for having me on and yeah Thank you, uh, awesome job with this yes thank you sir thank you I, you know just just starting it out so you know it's 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 uh, been going like i said other than the last couple of weeks but that's more on you know i guess i could obviously blame that a little bit on me but uh you know yeah i want to i want to hit it and keep hit it and get it i guess you could probably shouldn't yeah. say that but you know <laughs> <laughs> there you go I don't, I don't need to put the r rating in for just saying that but <laughs> <laughs> now i'd say that's more like pg-13 right yeah. like it's like all right we'll go with that <laughs> yeah <laughs> hey toby thank you man have a good weekend and uh, like i said i look forward to listening and i, I can't wait to hear your 100th episode man thank you awesome awesome right. take care anthony you too, toby. bye now all right well there you have it cave dwellers another psyched up episode from toby passman if you enjoyed it even half even half as much as i did then i know i did good for you with this episode as always join me next week as we sit down with rihanna milne 
a certified global life and love coach, childhood and love trauma expert, to discuss how our Neanderthal mind plays a big role in how we love, live, and learn. Here is a little snippet from the episode, one of two in the coming weeks from Rihanna Milne. Until next time, cave dwellers. I have to treat partner A, partner B, and third, the relationship and the relationship dynamic. So I have to get to the bottom of each of their childhood traumas and then how it's showing up in the, in the actual relationship, right? So a lot of people don't know the biology of male and female. And the problem is when I, I just call a caveman brain or, um, you know, reptilian brain, the old brain that sits at the back of the, the brain stem, um, men are really wired for attraction. They can't help it because they procreate the race. Women, cave woman brain is hardwired for safety and she can't help it because she is the childbearer. So that's her number one. Thanks for listening to the Neanderthal Mind Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you love what you heard, subscribe, rate, and review the Neanderthal Mind Podcast wherever you download your podcasts. If you know anyone that you think would enjoy this podcast, please recommend the Neanderthal Mind to them. Until next week, my fellow cave dwellers, don't forget... To leave your cave drawings and comments on our wall at theneanderthalmind.com.